Thank you to 12th Street Sound for sponsoring today's episode. If you're an artist and you want your next recordings to stand up to the best of the best, you need to learn more about 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in my home city, New Westminster, BC. 12th Street provides the value and bang for your buck that you can only get from a boutique studio. That's why I keep choosing Anthony Senarini at 12th Street Sound as my recording and mix engineer for my own music, released as William Chernoff. Anthony and the team are collectors and restoration specialists obsessed with music and recording equipment. When I go into the studio, I get more than just great service. I get the space to craft my story as an artist. You deserve the same as you work on your new music for 2022. Whether you need pre-production, tracking, mixing, or full production services, check out 12th Street Sound today and tell Anthony about your next project. Learn more at 12thstreet.ca. That's 12thst.ca. I'll never forget a four-year-old girl in junior kindergarten when I asked her, how did the music make you feel? And she said, the music took me to a beautiful place that I've never been to in my life. And I said, that's really incredible statement. And, and she said, I want to stay there. Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Will Chernoff, and you're listening to the Rhythm Changes podcast, a home for creative, improvising, local music people. With Rhythm Changes, we're striving to make the best possible interview show about a music scene. So if you're joining us for the first time, whether from Vancouver, BC, elsewhere in Canada, or across the world, get involved today with a visit to our website, rhythmchanges.ca. Our guest today is a concert pianist, the artistic director of a long-running chamber music group called Ensemble Vivant and the founder of Uterfi Corporation based in Toronto, which has been a registered nonprofit charity since 2006. She has a PhD from York University and her research is focused on music and healing. With the nonprofit under the name Uterfi Music is the Key, she produces live high-caliber music education performance programs for youth and students primarily. You can find Uterfi at musicisthekey.org and at Uterfi Canada on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast from Toronto, Catherine Wilson. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you here and to bring in something cool that's happening across the country to our local community here in Vancouver. In 2021, you received a grant from the County Council to produce video versions of your in-school programming and to make it available across Canada this year, 2022. So talk a bit about that. Yeah, um, it will be available September and um, of this year. And this uh, project is, uh, our programs have been so, have had such tremendous positive impact on children for well over 15 years. And the idea of it reaching more children so our, our is, is what we really want to do and spread it as widely as possible. The videos, I guess live is always best, but this is a great second best because uh, the children can watch the videos multiple times. They can get different things out of each time that they watch them. And videos that will stand the test of time we believe will be contemporary and uh, will endure the very high caliber 
world-class performances that they are introduced to. The vast, vast majority of kids, especially in the underserved communities, are not being exposed and haven't been for many, many years to um, the genres that we bring to the kids, classical, the jazz, and related musical styles. And it's those very genres that have been proven to be extremely beneficial for the development of the young brain, academic learning, positive social development. Children have not, so many children for so many years have not had these opportunities. I, our philosophy at, at Uterpi, Music is the Key, is that every child deserves the right to be exposed to music that's known to have these multiple benefits. And that the earlier a child is exposed to these opportunities, the better equipped they are through life. We have so many years of experience in witnessing just how profoundly important it is and what the reactions and responses of the kids are. Groups of kids who've I've never been exposed to these to this music and these musical opportunities. It's like we're awakening in them something dormant that becomes alive and and so we're planting the seeds that lead to them wanting to play an instrument, wanting to be making music. They want to do what they see what we're doing. They see we have so much fun and there's so much joy and they're hearing this music at such a high level and so they're they're just transported. And we get them coming up to us saying, because of you, I have to, have to, have to play the piano, or I have to play the trumpet, or I have to, you know, whatever. But then they, they're so excited, and we help them in every way we can. And I, I strongly recommend that listeners, if they go to our website and just scroll down a little bit and come to the profile of Ismail Paris. And Ismail says in his own words, what us coming to his school when he was in grade six did to completely transform and positively change his life. Vibrant music programs that used to exist in the schools should have never been taken out of the schools. When we started as a registered nonprofit charity, we had already been active doing things. And so, and the need, especially in the underserved communities, was desperate even then. Then with the onset of the pandemic, you know, there's more heightened stresses and emotional and mental stresses for children. But those stresses, a lot of those stresses existed before. They're just more heightened now. And music would have been beneficial for them, coping and excelling and feeling better about themselves, just thriving. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up Ismail. I enjoyed checking out that when I started browsing through your website, and I recommend people would check that out too. I do think that that's the fundamental problem that Euterpe's work addresses is this problem of students not receiving enough music programming from a school curriculum to unlock the different opportunities that they might have in the future. And so is it fair to say that what Euterpe ends up doing, kind of a mission statement, would be to like awaken those kids especially, but anybody really who's exposed to your program to the possibilities that might come when they discover the music that you do? Absolutely. I, there's a very... A- you know, a relatively small percentage of children in our country who are exposed to these opportunities, who are given these opportunities. And there's an article that's on our website that um, from a few years ago, and the title of it, it might be from The Guardian, I could be wrong about that, but it's a magazine like that that said, um, is music, is quality music meant just for the elite? And of course it isn't. 
fact, that's the way it's come down with it being taken out of the schools. And I'll never forget um, one school principal in Durham region in Ontario. They hadn't had, and this is a few years ago, they hadn't had music in their schools at all for over 15 years at that point. And when we came in, she wrote to us afterwards and said, I've never in all my years of being a principal and being involved teaching children that uh, never experienced such a reaction, never experienced the kinds of responses and reactions that, that I did from our student body from when Uterpi musicians came in and delivered our program. And it inspired her. She knew that she had to do something. She herself, not a musician, and no music in the schools for years and years. And she got all her kids together just to sing, just the whole school, like 350 kids. And she said that they had, she didn't know what she was doing, but they could sing. They could carry a tune. We were all musical. We all have music in us. And she said in within very little time, the kids were doing better at school. They were happier. Connections were stronger. They were, it just had so many multiple benefits that matter. That's what basically her letter said. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that is crucial to inspiring students. And you have had quite an exceptional career yourself as a musician. But, you know, I was a kid not that long ago. So especially with the Canada Council grant this year and with the addition of the video content, Uterfi is spreading more programming across the country. I know that you are Ontario-based originally, and I imagine a lot of your original audience has been probably elementary school age kids, especially in the greater Toronto area. And I know you're not, I know you don't have to bear all the responsibilities of the executive of Uterfi because you have a president, Norman Hathaway, and other people on the board. So you can take a bird's eye view on this if you want. But how many people in total, students, audience, etc., do you figure Uterfi reaches with its programming or is planning to reach this year in broad strokes? Well, um, through the video initiative, we will reach millions. And that's fantastic. Um, When we're conducting our live programs, you know, it's there's school after school after school, community after community. It's um, it's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. And to to touch on Ensemble Vivant for a minute and some of the other musicians you've collaborated with. Yes. I'm a bass player. So I'm biased in my respect for what you do because you get to work with some bass players who have just been a tremendous inspiration to me personally and to many of my friends and other people around Canada. And there's a few names I want to drop here that you've probably done different sorts of things with. George Kohler, who is a member of Ensemble Vivant. Yes. Dave Young and Don Thompson, who I believe has probably contributed on bass and piano to what you've done at different times, maybe. Mostly um, bass and vibes. Yeah. I, he's yeah. been in, oh, in our right. in our group. Um, he he's played vibes, and, but but Don to go back to Don in some of the um, Uterpi videos, you'll see Don there and um, it, at our programs, and that those are he's captured in the video that's um, on the website, and the the music is the key video on our website. So Don is and his um, endorsement of Uterpi and what we do, what we bring to the kids is just says it all and it says it beautifully. Yeah, and he was, um, it's always was a, a joy and a privilege to work with, with Don Thompson. 
Yeah, I mean, to talk about learning music in schools, I was playing jazz in high school, and I went to a summer camp to play some more jazz one year, and somebody there, one of the faculty, asked me who my favorite bass player was, and I said my favorite bass player of all time at that point when I was 16 was Don Thompson. <laughs> and, and Don comes from BC. Yeah. And, and uh, on one of our tours out west, of which we've had a few over the years, uh, we um, we did play in, in Don's hometown powell river Mm -hmm. and don was on tour with us and and um you mentioned dave young dave worked with the group for a while and um and he's another just unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable star and george is uh george kohler is not only ensemble vivon's bass player and he's brilliant but he's also active with everything involved with with utopia music is the key And then there's one more famous Canadian jazz musician to whom you have a connection because of an Ensemble Vivant production that I would love to just hear a little bit about you here, even if it's a little more off topic than the direct Euterpe thing, because I think this is a great name that I would want any listener who's not familiar with this person to learn about after this, and that is Rick Wilkins. The great Rick Wilkins. Yes, he has been a champion of ensemble vivant music making since we started and um over 30 years ago and and he has um has written scores of of arrangements specifically exclusively for us he has he was always attracted to the fact that the group although classical based had such an interest and affinity for other styles and ragtime and music of the American songbook, uh, Latin styles, and and much more. You even played the music of Astor Piazzolla, right? Piazzolla is a big one, and and um, among others. And we've done a recording homage to Astor Piazzolla, but we've done a lot of Piazzolla repertoire beyond that recording, and that's another um, example. Um, we have... Uh, Rick was always... He he found it very unusual, especially when we first came on the scene, that we had such a broad sweeping range of, of styles and genres that we were were steeped in, and he loved the authenticity of it and he loved the the caliber of it, and he it was like the perfect fit. Rick Wilkins became not only our arranger, he was our producer for recordings and um, a mentor. He and his wife became great friends, and they still are. We still get together, and he's still a person I will always, you know, ask his opinion about. And not so long ago, just actually this past summer, he gave me a piece that he wrote um, um, in honor of a mentor of his, Robert Farnham. He wrote it for solo piano, and he gave it to me. And oh. so uh, I just uh, I just recorded that for him uh, this past oh. This past summer, and so it will come out as a on a, as a video, and it will be on like a, a single. But uh, it's it's just such an honor that I'm the pianist he went to, that he came to, and wanted to perform his his music, and and it's been like that for the whole relationship. He's just been it's been a gift, yeah, big gift. You've had quite a career as a concert pianist too, going back a few decades. And with your work with Euterpe now, I mean, a lot of my audience are local musicians here, not all, but a significant number of them. And I think they might be curious, as am I, what 
your life as a piano player, as a musician, has looked like as you've gotten more involved in this stuff over the last couple of years? So maybe especially since the pandemic, where does the piano fitting into your life these days and how's that going? Well, it's a um, very fair question. Uh, middle of March of 2020, engagement after engagement after engagement, one after the other, postponed tour to California, local performances, all kinds of events just on hold. So one of the great things that happened in terms of Euterpe was the announcement of us having been awarded the the generous uh, Ontario Trillium Foundation grant. And although we weren't able to start in the schools in September of 2020 because of the pandemic, we thereafter did create our hybrid, which would be allowing us to you know, be there for the kids. But then we'll be making up for lost time. And unfortunately, that won't help the kids who weren't able to be nurtured by this the last you know couple of years. But everyone's hands have been tied. It's no one's fault. But yeah, I think additionally, we did get the news of our Canada Council grant. Um, Ensemble Vivant has also recorded it, its 15th CD, which is going to come out on Bach's birthday. Yes. So those are some of the things that have happened. We've been working away regularly with projects as best we can. But in terms of live performances, no, we've we've been like everyone else. Where it's it's just we have to wait. Yeah. Oh yeah, of it's course. It's been hard for hard for everyone. It's a, the industry has been the profession has been hit hard through COVID, and we're happy that we're healthy. We're doing everything we can to stay healthy and to and to protect others. Hopefully, we'll get through all this. Yeah, your upcoming album with Ensemble Vivant, I Fugue, A World of Fugues, March thirty first, twenty twenty two. We could do a whole other episode about that, but we're already been here talking about all the other great work that you've been doing. I do have a couple of questions about some of the stuff that's gone into that album. But first, I know you have a connection to the live lab at McMaster University through honorary board member of Euterpe, Laurel Trainer. And I had a former guest on who's a friend of mine, who's my age, who was a student at the live lab. And I have heard a little bit about what goes on there. But what has been the nature of your collaboration with the live lab at McMaster? Because I think that's a pretty cool place. It's a very cool place. And we were invited to give the inaugural concert when the Live Lab opened in September of 2014. We weren't the only um, musicians that were part of that day, but we were among them. And it was, we gave a full concert of of 40 hour, an hour long concert. And um, we were interacting with Dr. Trainer. She had us wearing various uh, headgear and, other motion detector things that you put on your arm that would help with the motion capture and movement and she she was um demonstrating what is going on inside of the brain what we're thinking when we're playing what we're like sort of you could see waves across the screen that were that were there if dr trainer took an interest in in euterpe before the live lab was um open and ready to go she was um she took an interest in our, our programs, and she has heavily endorsed what Euterpe does. And she had said, um, she said, it's all well and good that there are 
so many scientific studies that say how important this music, the classical, the jazz, and related styles, is for children and for people throughout their lives, that the studies are in, in the tens of thousands. But Euterpes out there are actually doing this. And that's what makes a difference. It's that you, the, the studies don't, in end of themselves, help the children. Yeah, we're out there doing that, and she's she's um, been a big supporter of our programs, everything we everything we represent, and 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 she's been able to be to see that the actual um, results have been profound, and so she's she's. Um, and we, we um, she was part of a uh, very key actually in creating the scientific study that is unique to Euterpe um, that we conduct with the kids. What's that? <laughs> our scientific study? Yeah. Uh, well, it's really it's fantastic because we're after our program. Um, one of the ways in which we get our metrics is by conducting this study, and and basically every child has the opportunity to. Um, express express themselves, express how the music made them feel, express um, what they liked most about it. it, it, it to, there's a series of, of questions that every child is asked the same. And, you know, we can give you so many examples that would um, are just profound. I'll never forget a four-year-old girl in junior kindergarten when I asked her, how did the music make you feel? And she said, the music took me to a beautiful place that I've never been to in my life. Wow. And I said, that's really incredible statement. And, and she said, I want to stay there. Oh. <laughs> now, that is an example of, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know how babies, they respond to music much more readily than to speech. They respond to um, the caregiver singing a lullaby. Oh, oh consonant music they respond it calms their their heart rate it calms their blood pressure it it soothes it settles it also does the same for the caregiver and this is instinctive it's in us we are born to have it and and music is very separate from all the other arts it's it's unique and has has powers that nothing else in life does and it's the only thing that uses all of the brain so yeah. if you have a person who has uh, suffered memory loss, they'll be still able to go to the piano and play a piece that they knew from their childhood, or they'll be able to sing songs that they've known all their life, but they might not remember a family member. They might not be able to remember um, basic things, but they will remember music. And because, because music activates so many regions of the brain, and that's not true of anything else. Right. So it's a very yeah. powerful, very powerful art that stands above and and is meant to be there for us all. And the the sad thing is that uh, that's not happening. And so Euterpe Music is the Keys programs are critically critically important. Yeah, and my friend at the Live Lab at McMaster for you, the listener, is Emily Wood, and that's episode five of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you're going through the back catalog to go check that out. Love to close with iFugue a little bit here. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been a great conversation. I've heard about Adrian Bent as one of your collaborators or feature performers on this album, feature yes. contributors. 
what else at the end here can you just share about the music that's on this album and who's contributed to it? It's coming oh, out at the end of March. Yes, yes. Okay, it's called I Fugue, A World of Fugues. And track number one is called I Fugue. And I'll just give you a, a teeny bit of history. That is a fugue that comes from this um, Sinfonia in E minor for, for strings and continual by Antonio Vivaldi. And the great late Canadian composer, John Burke, found that fugue. He's always was a tremendous support and friend. We've played a lot of his music. And he was always writing something and gifting something to me and to the group. And he found this fugue and said, oh, this will be a wonderful compliment to Ensemble Vivant's fugue recording. And it was John who coined it I Fugue. Our bass player, George Kohler, had worked with Adrian Bent. And he thought this would be really great if Adrian would be interested in joining us. And not only was Adrian interested in joining us on that track, but he loved playing with the group and he um, wants to do more with us. And he is, he's a natural utopian because his philosophy about the importance of everything we're all about and what we do and how, how vitally crucial it is for for children is he he speaks about that very eloquently also in an interview there's something on the website adrian speaking about um the importance of of this adrian is in the ifu video and track one of the recording the the concept for the recording i thought of years ago what inspired me was i've always loved box music and i love his preludes and fugues and when playing so much music by the Argentine tango master Astor Piazzolla, I learned that his idol in the classical world was Bach and that he studied with Nadia Boulanger in Paris and what they worked on mostly was the fugues of Bach. I learned that Piazzolla wrote many fugues and this was just so fantastic to learn and we've played many of his fugues now at this point and two of them are represented on our on our I Fugue, A World of Fugues recording, including Fuga y Mysterio, and um, the other one is Fugata, and that features Don Thompson on Vibes. That inspired me to think, well, I wonder how many other masterful fugues are written by great composers from different cultures from around the world, all whose fugues are inspired by the great, the king of fugue writing, Johann Sebastian Bach. So the only fugue on the recording that predates Bach is the is I Fugue, is the Antonio Vivaldi, arranged by John Burke. And all the rest are either the king himself, Johann Sebastian Bach, or fugues by other composers from around the world who whose fugue writing was inspired by, by Bach. And so we have uh, Aldemero Romero, who wrote uh, Fuga con Pajarillo, and, and we're joined on that by Latin percussionist Juan Carlos Modrano, and also um, by Jeremy Smith on, on Shaker. And it's fantastic. And then we have, um, a, there's a mixture. There's I play a solo, one of Bach's uh, Preludes and Fugues, solo piano. I also play a solo piece by the Canadian composer Michael Coughlin, Fugue for Fireflies. Um, we have music by Dmitry Shostakovich, the group plays his uh, prelude and fugue in, in um, number seven in A major. Um, we have Cesar Franck. We do his um, fugue and variations from prelude, fugue and variations, opus 18 that he wrote. 
and just beautiful. And there's um, Vila Lobos from the Bacchianis um, Brasiliaris um, Conversa 1. And so I'm trying to not leave anyone out, but I might have. <laughs> that there's a, that's such a beautiful range of, um, we've got two Canadian composers. John Burke also wrote a fugue for piano and bass called Fuga del Sur, which George and I give the world premiere of. And the world premiere of Michael Coughlin's Fire Five Fugues with me on solo, is, is that's a world premiere. And another Coughlin piece called Peregrine Riffs is myself, our violinist Corey Gemmel, and George is playing up rhythm effects on his bass, on the wood of his bass, and getting all incredible effects. And so um, two Canadian composers, and then... So the countries covered are Germany, of course, with Bach, Italy with Vivaldi, France with César Franck, Russia with Dmitry Shostakovich, um, Venezuela with Aldemar Romero, Argentina with Astor Piazzolla, and um, and we've got Villa, Villa Lobos from Brazil. We, I've got such a such a range of um, and um, interestingly, within all of that, one of the pieces that was suggested by our violinist Corey Gemmel, he he said we should play together the solo Bach fugue from Sonata in in G minor, and he said we should do the Bach Schumann version. And I didn't know that Schumann had written an accompaniment for one of these solo Bach uh, fugues. Now, oh. these solo Bach fugues are longer than many of the other fugues um, that Bach wrote. And Schumann considered Bach's fugues to be his composition teacher. Hmm. That's how influential and how inspirational Bach's fugue writing was all through Schumann's life and for all of Schumann's own compositions. So... We play at Corey's suggestion the Bach Schumann version of this beautiful fugue. That's just a, a, something that's a little most people don't know. I have all kinds of colleagues said I didn't know Schumann wrote an accompaniment to those pieces, and neither did either did I. And yeah. So it's just a fantastic, fantastic thing. So we, there's a lot on there that's new, that's original, that's um, written for us, and a lot that is stuff that has been out there and played by others. But we bring a fresh approach to it and we just hope everyone enjoys it that's awesome it's been a pleasure to meet you here and learn about all the amazing stuff you're doing i will call myself a utopian admirer here in bc and i would really love to hear you someday in person so thanks again for taking the time to chat with me today it's such a pleasure i so appreciate the opportunity Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you haven't followed the show yet, make sure you do and tell your friends who might enjoy listening too. Link them to our website, rhythmchanges.ca, Facebook at Chernoff Music, or Instagram and Twitter at Rhythm Changes BC. The Rhythm Changes podcast is a Chernoff Music production. See show notes for full production credits. Copyright 2022, Chernoff Music.